gentlemen, good morning, welcome back, and thanks for joining us. It's another beautiful Thursday morning and a chance to sit down and talk about what we all love, the golden era of professional wrestling. And today's topic is one of our favorite to talk about on the show. They still do it today, but not on the same level. Today's topic is all about those professional wrestling talk show segments that we know, love, and miss so much. This is another live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jane, as always. I sit across from the maestro of the microphone, Mr. Talk Show Tommy. Tommy Fierro, good morning, brother. How are you doing today? <laughs> Jumpin' Jay, how are you? Good morning, everyone. I'm doing very well, my friend. Man. Very well. Well, that's very good. And, 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 and welcome to another edition of 80s Wrestling the podcast. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking about our favorite talk show segments from back in the day. Now, Jumpin' Jay, real quick, I'm going to fire off a couple questions to you and answer them immediately. All right. Who did Roddy Piper hit in the head with a coconut on Piper's pit? Oh, that's Jimmy Superfly Snooker, my friend. Who was super kicked and put through a glass window on the barber shop? The greatest half of the rockers ever, Marty Jannetty. And who is the tallest man that ever stepped foot inside of 80s Wrestling Con? <laughs> well, there was a couple well, times I had, to get on my, I had to get on my tippy toes to make sure that I fit the bill around some individuals. But I think if I wasn't the tallest, I think I was one of the top five. Yeah. So anyhow, where I'm going with this is I'm asking you trivia questions. And tonight at the Wrestling Collector, we're going to have pro wrestling trivia night. Tonight at 7 p.m., hosted by Busted Open Radio's Dave LaGreca. So anyone that lives in the New Jersey area, come out tonight to the Wrestling Collector on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey. We're going to be having it's $20 a person, includes late refreshments and drinks, and also going to give some prizes and giveaways. And Dave LaGreca will be here and hosting Pro Wrestling Trivia Night. So anyone that's in the area, come out for a fun night. And also anyone out there that has any podcast or Instagram page or social media platforms, anything they want to get promoted, whether it be upcoming independent shows, appearances, we can actually do uh, shout-outs and sponsorships here on the podcast for very, very, very inexpensive. So anyone out there that is interested in having their event or product or brand highlighted on this podcast and they have – listen to me and Jumpin' Jay talk about it, and maybe even argue about it. Uh, super inexpensive rates. Contact us. I'll give you the uh, email address. It's ispwwrestling at gmail.com. Again, ispwwrestling at gmail.com. Or just hit us up on one of our 80s wrestling social media platforms, and we'll reach back out to you. But, yeah, man, I'm excited for today's episode. No, today's a very good one, and I know this is one of your favorite things to talk about, Tommy. This is one of those things that, while they still do it today with shows, you know, involving The Miz and other superstars, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same feel as it did back in the day, and so I'm excited to listen to not only you get excited about this topic, but to hear what the callers have to say as well. It's all about pro wrestling talk show segments this morning. Yes, sir. Right off the top of your head, uh, Jumpin' Jay, what is, uh, to put you on the, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you, all the different talk shows that are out there, whether it be Piper's Pit, the Brother Love Show, the Barber Shop, the Flower Shop, 
the funeral parlor, anything. What what stands out to you as the one segment? Uh, like you, you hear pro wrestling talk shows. What's the first segment? Not not talk show, episode of a talk show that comes to stick out to you. Ooh, a specific episode, not just a segment itself. Yeah. So not so out of everything you've. Obviously, you're an '80s guy like me, so you've seen everything. You saw every. I'm sure you saw every Piper's Pit. I'm sure you saw every flower shop, every barber shop, every brother love show episode, even uh, the body shop with Jesse Ventura back in the day. So mm. all those different talk show segments and all the episodes on all those talk show segments. Now, this is something I want to ask all the listeners. So everyone that's on hold right now, put in your head what is the greatest episode of any talk show ever that stands out to you. So when I say, jump in, Jay, what is your favorite moment from a pro wrestling talk show segment from back in the day that goes, jumps right out in front and says, this is what I remember most first? I think the most memorable moment, in my opinion, has to be the dramatic split up of the Rockers. When Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty Jannetty through that glass window, I think because I was such a fan of the Rockers and they were teasing the split, but you wanted to believe it wasn't going to happen. So I think that is the most memorable moment that sticks out of my mind. And I'll tell you, Tommy, when I met Marty Jannetty at 80s Wrestling Con in New Jersey just a few months ago, I swear I still saw a little bit of glass shards tucked deep into that head of hair of his. And so I, I think that's the moment that I would put at the top of the list is most memorable. Would I put uh, the barbershop is the most iconic talk show? No, but that moment I would put at the top of my list. I'll, t- I'll reverse it, Tommy. I'll go right back to you before we answer the first phone call. What do you think is the most memorable moment? And you got to see some live as a young man. So what is your most memorable moment? It has to be the build-up for WrestleMania three, and when Hulk Hogan got his uh, shirt and chain ripped mm. by Andre the Giant. I mean, time stood still as a kid at that time watching that. So that immediately stands out to me as the moment for me. But, man, there are so many different angles that they did back then. And, that, and that's why today's a – a fun topic to talk about because they used those talk show segments back then as a tool to advance storylines and also to build up characters. So I think that's something that's grossly missing from today's uh, business. I mean, they've done it in recent years, like the Kevin Owens show or the Jericho show, but like all that stuff was in the middle of the ring. So I'm talking about building a set like they did back in the day. The snake pit had a set, the, you know, the barbershop had a set. Piper's Pit had a set. The Brother Love Show had a set. Like just, I, I would love to see in 2023 a talk show segment like that where the entrance, not the entrance, the, uh, the setup is built to like the side where the entrance is, like when they first came out. Man, if, if they went back to that, you can get so many guys, you can advance so many different characters and storylines and do so much fun stuff with it. And again, I sound like a broken record, Jake, because I say this almost every week on the podcast, but it's so simple to just recreate what was working back then and what made, you know, that period back then, having us still talk about it now 35 years later, 
it, it, there's a reason why we're doing that. And it's not only because it's our childhood memories, it's because it was so unique and different back then. So I think that having a talk show segment uh, in, in this era would be fantastic, the way they did it back then. I'm sure that uh, other listeners will chime in as well. But I, I want to hear what everyone thinks, well, not everyone thinks, what's everyone's personal favorite uh, moment from a talk show segment. So one so far for the Rockers, and that's a classic, fantastic one. One for Andre Hogan's storyline of Piper's Pit. And I'm really curious to see what everyone else says. Anyone out there listening, give us a call. 516-595-8295. Again, that's 516-595-8295. Talking greatest pro wrestling talk show segments and the greatest segment ever on a talk show. Yeah, those are great questions, and we're going to go to the, to the caller line right now. But before I, I pick up that first call, Tommy, sometimes we talk about missed opportunities as far as merchandising. Can you imagine if when they came out with the LJN line that you could have had like a Piper's Pit playset? Don't you think those would have sold in the store if they had something like that? I think a Piper's Pit playset would sell right now today tremendously. So <laughs> it probably would. Somebody needs to jump would. on that. All right, first up on is a guy I know who's going to have to weigh in on this. He knows some moments. He knows a lot of cool stuff. He'd probably dominate trivia if he lived any closer. We're talking about Babyface Brian from Chico, California. Babyface, good morning, and welcome to the conversation. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Tommy. I uh, hope you guys are both doing great. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about uh, uh, Roddy Piper and Piper's Pit primarily, just um, – if people don't remember, because it's been a long time ago, 39 years plus, um, he was still wrestling in the NWA in January of 1984. And uh, when he took over for Victory Corner, it was the night after Hulk won the title. So along with Hulk winning the title on January 23rd, January 24th at the next TV taping, it was uh, Sergeant Slaughter turning uh, face against um, – Iron Sheik, which we've talked about in a past episode, which Sarge has an amazing story about. And um, and at that same taping, it was when Roddy Piper sat on the show with, uh, I forget if the guy's name was Jack Renaud or Jack Rabout or whatever it was, when that guy made the mistake of handing the microphone over to Roddy Piper, uh, Roddy Piper never let go again. He basically grabbed onto that microphone, and, and it was then Piper's pit, and he had taken the uh, – the torch and ran with it. And so it's something where um, Vince McMahon's vision or whoever set it up, they set it all up perfectly as far as the timing of Hulk winning the title and then having this strong weekly mouthpiece of Roddy Piper on the uh, top uh, syndicated program, Championship Wrestling. And uh, and so, yeah, when, uh, when I hear Tommy's question about, you know, the most important segment ever, um, it's tough to to uh, not put the Jimmy Snuka segment up there. I would love a, an LJN playset with a little uh, WWF blue table that Roddy had. Maybe a couple coconuts, maybe one coconut, two coconut, you know. And then, uh, as far as uh, my own personal viewing, since I wasn't watching then, I'd, I'd go with Tommy and just say that the most memorable uh, segment was uh, was Andre and his, uh, you know, I challenge you for the. Uh, that that had to be uh, uh, the most memorable segment for me. 
Um, and my favorite would probably be Roddy uh, a few weeks later in his farewell uh, retirement where he grabs the pictures off the set and talks about his daughter and, and, and leaves wrestling for what we think the time will be forever. But, uh, but yeah, most memorable was the, uh, the whole lead up and interaction with Andre and Andre ripping the chain off Hulk's chest. And, and, uh, and it's not like they planned for that either. You know, Piper saw he was bleeding and says, you're bleeding, man, and takes him off the, uh, you know, taps him on the shoulder and they get up and leave. So, just uh, wonderful uh, entertainers these guys were that they could think of this stuff on the fly. And I know Roddy took uh, a notebook around with him everywhere he went. And as he would think of things on the road or at the hotels or wherever he was, he would write stuff down in the notebook. Um, I think Sergeant Slaughter even had a, a story about being with him when that uh, I've come here to uh, kick kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum that, uh, that Sarge was with him and, one of those uh, two talked about it, and Roddy wrote it down. So, yeah, Roddy Piper, uh, top of my list for talk show segments, and the same uh, same answer as Tommy as far as uh, the uh, the favorite all time with the the Hogan Andre uh, build up to WrestleMania three. And then I actually got to see uh, a Brother Love show uh, in person at uh, the November sixteenth, nineteen eighty eight taping for Saturday Night's Main Event. They did it in the ring, but it was the first time that uh, that they let anybody get their hands on Brother Love. It's when uh, Hulk Hogan uh, in the ring was able to uh, finally be the one that uh, that beat up Brother Love a little bit. So that was a, a personal memory of a, a talk show segment at an arena that I got to see. So great, great fun topic, of course. Uh, the, the flower shop was a, a big thing for me when I started watching. That was like the the, the weekly syndicated show that was on and, and, and fueled that uh, – Hogan Orndorff feud, so I, I'm a big fan of Adrian Adonis's work on the uh, the Flower Shop before Roddy came back and and took the show back and, and turned it back into Piper's Pit. But what destination viewing? Uh, there was weeks on the on those syndicated shows where you were looking forward to that that mm-hmm. talk show segment in the middle as much as any match that might be on the card that week with all the the enhancement matches and stuff because you knew something was probably going to go down on one of those segments. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, we provided nothing. I mean, I love Mean Gene Oakland, of course. I love Craig DeGeorge. But when you have a segment where wrestlers like Rowdy Piper or Adrian Adonis are the ones conducting the interview, it did add another element to it. It added that unknown of what's going to happen. Even more so, I love the Brother Love Show, um, but and I love the Funeral Parlor, but you knew Brother Love... Uh, and Paul Bear weren't going to be able to physically get involved with the superstars. Yeah, another superstar may come out as kind of like a surprise attack from the back, but when you have a guy like Rowdy Piper holding the microphone, he's very capable of grabbing a coconut and slamming it against your head. There was always that unknown element, and so while interviews with Mean Gene were unbelievable, something about these segments added a little bit more of that mystique that made you really tune in because like you said, Brian, you knew something was going to happen. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, the snake pit was, uh, another fun one. And, uh, and that also came along, you know, 86, but, uh, but yeah, Roddy, uh, Roddy was the, the game changer. And, and like I said, the, the timing of him and Hogan, Hogan winning the title and Roddy coming over at the same time and having these two such, uh, 
charismatic uh, people at the top on on the side of good and the side of evil. It was just uh, you couldn't have written it written it up any better way than than they did and the way that the timing fell with that. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much Absolutely. for calling I in, agree with for weighing in. Excellent well. points. Excellent points. Yeah, yes. Yeah, totally. And then real quick, too, it was like 10 months before Orton came on. So people don't realize that, but I think Orton didn't uh, become uh, Piper's bodyguard until uh, around November of 84. So that uh, that added another element and fueled right into uh, War to Settle the Score and, and the first WrestleMania. So, um, again, you guys have a great weekend. Have a, a blast at Trivia Night, Tommy. Um, Thanks for, as always, for letting me uh, uh, speak about 80s wrestling here on the show. I appreciate appreciate you guys so much. Take care. Absolutely, man. Have a great weekend, Brian. We always enjoy listening to your perspective, man. Yeah, we're off to a great start, Tommy. Two two scores for uh, the moment where uh, Andre ripped the cross from Hogan's neck. I'm trailing in my uh, Shawn Michaels super kicking Marginetti through the plate glass window, but we'll see where it goes. Up next on the slam line is someone that could probably have his own talk show segment. It could be called the firehouse. It's time for firefighter, Brian, Brian. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the conversation. Watch the tram car, please. Gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> good morning, sir. We're doing well. <laughs> I figured you'd like that, Tommy. And, uh, Absolutely. Ho- ho- I'll tell you, man, holy guacamole, Jay. That's awesome. The firehouse. The with, firehouse. Uh, you with come, firefighter Brian. Are you, are you, Brian, you coming for uh, trivia night tonight? Oh, God, Tommy, I'm going to try. Honestly, I'm really trying to go, because next week's Jeopardy, right? Yeah. That was on the schedule, yeah. Because, uh, honestly, that I think I can make. I'm going to try, Tommy. I, got, I mean, usually when I have stuff to do out there, it makes it easier. I'm going to try. But put it this way. Anybody who's going tonight better pray that I'm not there because I <laughs> like the floor with every single one of you, okay? You, you might go. as well give me the prizes now, okay? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we all know what happened at Jeopardy, the damn signals. But, uh, uh, but anywho, so um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so um, – Hey, you know what? When I saw you guys doing this topic, okay, I thought to myself, you know, I was trying to do like a top five, but honestly, let's be honest, there's Piper's Pit and mm-hmm. there's everything else, okay? There's really – nobody can touch Piper's Pit, okay? Um, and then you, Tommy, had a great idea of, you know, actual episodes, and so it made me think. So the top, I would say top five episodes, my top five, and I'll go, I'll start at one this time around because, uh, you know, the, the first two were already talked about. I'd have to say number one, I'd have probably have to say Piper hitting Snooker with the coconut only because, you know, I'm big on influence. And I think that made Piper's pit right there. That wasn't the first Piper's pit. And it was far from the last. But that Piper's Pit made Piper's Pit. And when they, you know, Jay, you talk about, and I'm surprised, you know, in the, uh, like, mid to, to late 2000s, they, uh, Jacks made rings, like customized rings of wrestlers 
Um, it would come with the, the figure. And it'd be like uh, John Cena's whatever, Jake Roberts' mm-hmm. Snake Pit, Carlito, Carlito's Cabana, uh, Kane, you know. Um, I don't know why they don't do, and not just forget about a ring, but a set, a Piper's Pit, a barber shop, a, a funeral mm-hmm. parlor. I think all of those would sell, especially with today's technology. But the reason I bring that up, Jay, is because um, Jack's, when they did the classic Superstars line, one of the best lines, wrestling figure lines ever, uh, they did a two-pack with Piper and Snooker, and it came with coconuts, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> so um, so I, I'd have to put that at number one. Number two, Tommy, absolutely. Hogan, Andre on Piper's Pit. I mean, the whole thing, I remember watching that. And it killed my weekend. I mean, I was I was in a trance the whole weekend. I mean, I was a I was in second grade, and oh my God, that was just nightmare inducing. Um, you know, Hogan. Uh, I mean, Andre turning heel. I mean, oh my God, go joining with Enon. Uh, it was just oh God, killed my weekend. Um, number three, that this is where it gets interesting. Number three, I gotta go with you, Jay. Still here, Gorilla Monsoon. Throwing him head first in the glass window of the barber shop. Um, that that unquestionably probably the greatest backstab in the history of wrestling. I got to admit, I didn't see it coming. Number four, throwing the Ultimate Warrior into the casket. Mm, and it's, yeah. And I, I, oh my God! I was in sixth grade. I was twelve years old. My brother was in kindergarten. I was traumatized. I can't imagine what kids <laughs> half my age were. Okay, that was traumatizing. Throwing them into the uh, into it like that. And the uh, number five, I would have to. And there's a lot of ways you could go, but number five, um, Honky hitting Jake with the guitar. Ooh, and, yeah. Because let's, let's be honest, and I love Jake the Snake Roberts. Okay, but the snake pit, that was the only memorable snake pit there was. Okay, I'll take Jake as a heel over face any day, twice on Sunday. However, he drew crazy money as a face, and that was the beginning, at the beginning of it. And I think what was very, what makes it even more interesting was as the years progressed, you know, Jake swears that it changed, his career and his life was never the same after that hit. Yet Jimmy Hart swears that the guitar was gimmicked, and if anything, he got a hangnail. J- Jake can't even be in the same room, same building, with Honky and Jimmy Hart. So uh, those would be uh, my top five, but I'll just uh, say an honorable mention before I go, and that was, and I, I remember telling Bob Orton about this, and he was laughing, saying that Piper deserved it. When uh, Piper's pit went off against the flower shop, and the flower, it was Adrian Adonis, Morocco, Orton, and Jimmy Hart, and I think Fuji, jumping the living daylights out of Roddy Piper. I was in second grade. That, was, to this day, remains one of the biggest beatings I've ever seen a wrestler take. And when they let all left, Piper's lying there, his face is as red as a lobster. And the crowd, you could tell, the crowd is feeling it. And then Piper comes back with a bat and destroys the flower shop. So that was a cool one. And uh, one that doesn't get talked about, the, I think we're, we're, if you're going to talk about wrestling talk show segments, I agree 100%, Tommy. They got to put them back, you know, make them. 
Put him, put him on the ramp. Put him in the ring. You know, Steve mm-hmm. Austin made it look so easy getting in the ring with nothing but a microphone and captivating the crowd. Uh, Austin made it look so easy, and then a year later, The Rock came and look, made it look so easy. And it's not easy. It's actually very difficult, which is why more often than not, and especially now that everything is scripted, it, it's they fall they fall flat on their faces. It's mm. just it, it's not meant to do anything nowadays. And if you're going to talk about wrestling talk shows, you got to talk at least for a second about Rogers Corner because while that to this day it doesn't stand the test of time. To this day, it's boring. It started the whole thing. And, hey, guys, you talked about this a few weeks ago. Let's not talk about earthquakes squashing Hogan on Brother Love. So there's a lot of ways mm-hmm. you can go. So uh, I'll let some, uh, the other callers uh, add some more. So it was uh, good talking to you guys. Watch for the tram car. And, uh, Tommy, <laughs> if I don't see you tonight, I'll hopefully see you next Thursday, okay? Awesome, man. Sounds great. Have a great day. You'll do the same. Thanks for the time, guys. Have a good one. God bless. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Brian. Tommy, I think that just goes to show you the amount of memorable moments that talk show segments have produced over the years. As he's talking about the Ultimate Warrior getting locked in that airtight casket. As he's talking about Earthquake squashing Hogan. You know, there's so many moments that furthered storylines, but also cement it those feuds in our minds. If it wasn't for those moments, maybe we won't look as fondly on those rivalries and those feuds as we do. I think that's an excellent point that firefighter Brian made. Absolutely, man. And there's so many. And once the, the calls settled down, me and you would dive into some more specific episodes of these different uh, talk show segments. Like, for example, one that comes to my mind is uh, when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. Now, you remember the, very following episode of, uh, I'm not sure if it was Superstars or some Wrestling or Wrestling Challenge, but uh, he was on, uh, remember they had him on the flower shop, and they were celebrating mm-hmm. Paul Order of turning on Hulk Hogan and going with the Heenan family. So I remember that vividly as well. Yeah, it's, it's those moments that just put the storyline over the top and cemented, cemented its importance into the to the minds of the fans and so uh without talk show segments like piper's plit the flower shop the brother love show who knows how they would have furthered those storylines in a meaningful way i'm sure they would have found something some way to do it but this just put it over the top for a lot of fans uh yes sir i was gonna say also real quickly uh it, it, it was so crucial back then because back then there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was right. no Twitter, yeah. there was no TikTok, there was nothing. So that's, if you wanted to get over a, an idea or a storyline or someone, I mean, nowadays they have so many different tools at the tips of their fingers, where back then it, it was so crucial, important to further a storyline, and, and, and that was a gigantic way to do so. You're absolutely right. I guess, you know, now WWE looks for social media to get kind of that that viral moment where if they can put, you know, a clip of Logan Paul and Ricochet doing something ridiculous in the ring and it goes viral, a lot of eyes on the product. Before we had social media, these talk show segments were a way that they could quote unquote go viral. They could show that clip of Andre ripping that crucifix from Hogan's neck over and over again on all their syndicated programming. 
and it created a lot of buzz. It made people want to tune in and see what was going to happen next between these two icons of the sport. Very good point, Tommy. All right. Uh, We're going to go back to the slam line, and I want to make sure I get this one correct. I've been handed a note from the show's producer. It says, next up is uh, a gentleman that wants to be referred to as Mr. Ratings, the five-star caller himself, total with Tom. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the conversation. Who is the winner of the first-ever Royal Rumble? That's that's my buzzer. That's my buzzer. I'm going to go with... Ho, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You are correct, sir. Tommy, I cannot wait for tonight. I have been practicing trivia for months, months. I've been quizzing myself. Tonight, busted open trivia at the Wrestling Collector with Dave LaGreca. Tommy, you don't realize how this is important this is to me. I want to become the first ever winner of the Busted Open Trivia Contest at the Wrestling Collector. Well, there you go. You're going to have your opportunity tonight. And I know uh, Toto with Tom is prepared. Toto with Tom is a wealth of uh, pro wrestling knowledge. So any of you Busted Open listeners out there uh, that listen to Busted Open as well, that live in the New York, New Jersey area, you got some stiff competition. Because Toto with Tom is in the house tonight at the Wrestling Collector. If not, I am a fountain of misinformation, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, speaking of information, I've been going through the notes uh, through the newsletter from Dave Meltzer. He basically wrote that on the Wrestling 80s podcast, Fireman Brian has been on an average of 23 minutes per show, Babyface Brian 14 minutes per show, and Total with Tom only six minutes. How is that possible? That's why How, you're why a five-star caller because you, you, know you, know you know when to take your cue and get the hell out of here. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so on to the totally topic. Uh, uh, no, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> you never want to overstay your welcome. But um, my favorite segment, and this is probably 90s, but it involved uh, wrestlers from the 80s. The Undertaker on Funeral Parlor when he had uh, Ric Flair show up on it yeah. for the first time, mm-hmm. when Flair first made his appearance in the WWF and he challenged Hogan. As you recall, I think Hogan was on that segment. I'm just, my memory is a little off. The Flair-Hogan segment, I remember Flair had the green robe on. But uh, that, was, that was, for me, uh, one of my most favorite uh, talk show uh, moments. Um, just getting back to what you guys were just saying a couple seconds ago about how they get wrestlers over uh, back then. I'm watching AEW right now, and they're doing something which is very reminiscent of what the WWF used to do. Remember when Orndorff and Hogan were shooting those vignettes when they were working out in the gym, getting ready for WrestleMania One, right? And Mr. T. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Absolutely. what they're doing right now with yeah. I like what they're doing right now with MJF and uh, Adam Cole. They're basically showing them on location. They're showing them, you know, doing things together at each other's house. And to me, if you're not going to have talk show segments, this is the next best way to do it. And if you can have the wrestlers shown in, you know, outside the ring, you know, if you can't, if you can't recreate a Piper's Pit or a Snake Pit or a Flower Shop, then at least take the wrestlers on location, doing something together, shooting an angle. They shot an angle about a month or two ago at the Briscoe's Farm, which is very funny. Jeff Jarrett was there. 
Um, I really enjoy that. So I think there are ways to get storylines over and to get characters over without the talk show segment. I'm surprised WWE hasn't done as much. They have. I, I haven't noticed. But right now, what's happening at AEW at MJF and Adam Cole, it, I'm very, very intrigued with it. Love it. That's a very good point. Yeah, anything you can do away from the ring to entice fans and give something meaning is is always a smart move. And, yeah, if you can't do talk shows, I agree. Those outside-the-ring vignettes is a great way to do it. Absolutely. And also, uh, that's where you bring in social media and podcasts. And back then, there was no social media. Back then, there was no podcasts. Uh, great point by, by Toto Atan. Uh, there are other ways to get storylines and angles over outside of a talk show segment. What he said was uh, absolutely 100% correct. Uh, that's where social media comes into play because I could post something as soon as this podcast is over on 80s Wrestling's uh, social media pages and saying that, you know, Jumping Jay tried to steal 80s Wrestling's podcast from me and sign on with a new co-host and tune in next week to find out what's going to happen. And guess what? You're going to tune in next week to find out what's happened because you just read us say that. Uh, you just read it on our social media. So there's ways and uh, in, in so many tools now that you didn't have back then. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And you know what's great about your promotion, Tommy, ISBW, is that you have a lot of the talent on your roster doing it themselves. I watch Bull James and Maven own vignettes. You know, they go to Maven's uh, workplace in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen Ray Kalitri do his own uh, vignettes. I've seen many of the wrestlers do that. And then they post it on social media to get themselves over. Absolutely. Great point again, uh, Toto. With Tom. And, Tom, uh, let me ask you one trivia question on the spot. Since you said you've been rehearsing and practicing for months. I'm going to hit you with one. You've got to answer within three seconds. Uh, who did Jake the Snake Roberts wrestle in WrestleMania 2? No, George Animal Steel. I have no idea. No, sir. George Wells. George Wells. I got George right. You better, you better crack open that book before tonight, brother. That's a, that's a softball I just threw you. Uh, I got to get back at it. All right, guys. I'll you know, see you tonight. No, no, you know, you know what it is? But, no, 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 no. Real quick. You know what it is? This is what it is, Jumpin' Jay is that Toto Atom, you can ask Toto Atom, who did Ric Flair defend the title against at the Great American Bash on the road on July 13th house show? And he'll be able to answer you because he was a big NWA uh, <laughs> follower back then. Isn't that true? <laughs> yeah, you know. You know you're laughing because I'm telling you. You didn't pay attention to WWE like you did NWA back then. <laughs> I'll see you tonight, uh, Now Tom. you got doubt in my mind. Now you got doubt in my mind tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> We'll see you tonight, man. Good luck tonight, Tom. We can record some of it for video and post it on social media so Jumping Jim can see. I would love that. 100%. I would love that. Tonight, as it's going on, Jay, I'm going to videotape a little bit of it, and I'll text you tonight so you can check it out. I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much. All right. I'll see you all tonight. All right, man. Listen, this, this trivia thing tonight, at the Wrestling Collector sounds like an amazing event, Tommy. I, I hope you do send me some videos, some pictures. Man, if you got guys like Toto Tom boning up on their wrestling knowledge, practicing, it's going to be a heated competition. 
uh, it's going to be so fun. So do you get to participate or you like them? You're not the moderator, but are you, do you get to participate or are you like people associated with the wrestling collector are not eligible to win type thing? Well, everyone would be in the back room. You, you've been there before. So the back room is set up for the, uh, for the trivia and more than likely I'll be a grump sitting at my friend's desk on my computer trying to uh, make things happen, brother. You know? All right. You know, who, you, know who will be, you know, you know, who, you know, who will be here tonight though. And they'll, 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 leave the, they'll leave the chair for me is uh, the Stromboli sisters. Uh, they're, they're, they're baking up some uh, Strombolis as we speak for tonight's festivities. Man, I'm, listen, they, we talk about talk show segments. I think you brought it up last week. The Stromboli sisters should have their own talk show segment all about ISPW and the wrestling collector, man. Can you imagine how over those two would be? <laughs> yes, man. So let, let's, talk, uh, let's talk briefly about um, different – episodes that we remember vividly in our head as children. Uh, obviously, when Earthquake uh, gave the Earthquake splash to Hogan on the set of the Brother Love Show, that mm. stands out to me immediately. The Piper, uh, and anyone, I mean, there's so many different episodes of Piper Spit that stand out to me. Uh, one was one that wasn't on the set, one that was in the ring at WrestleMania with Piper and uh, Morton Downey Jr., that is, uh, comes to me vividly. Um, the Flower Shop, what we just talked about, that's a very underrated talk show segment that not that many people talk about compared to the others, as is the Body Shop when Jesse Ventura had it. And the Snake Pit, you don't hear about the Snake Pit enough as well. There's so many different classic episodes. Uh, what, what was your favorite on, let's say, so we, your all-time favorite, let's, let's go favorite by episode. So, what is your favorite all-time episode of the Brother Love Show? Oh man, that's that's very tough. Um, I know, and I know, and I know, I'm putting you on the spot. Just like, all right, maybe yeah. not your favorite. What, what's, the, uh, what's the all right? We'll change it. What's the first episode that pops out to you when I say the Brother Love Show? Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I'm getting up there in age. My memory's a little foggy. But didn't the big boss man beat down on Hogan take place on the Brother Love Show? Absolutely. Yes. And so the visual of your hero, Hogan, handcuffed and being beat, like, I remember that as a kid being like, man, that's brutal. And how is Hogan going to, you know, they always did a great job of putting Hogan in these situations where you always said to yourself, how is he going to come back from this? And, you know, he always would. But, yeah, I remember the visual of Bossman and that nightstick jabbing into Hogan and I've heard a story maybe it was on this show where they actually had to reshoot it because the first time maybe was a little too brutal for television so they had to dial it back a little bit but uh, even with the dialed back version if that's what it was still really sticks out uh, in my mind absolutely man yeah so if I, for me if I was going to pick I would probably go with that earthquake Hogan mm. episode of the Buzzwell show because Back then, I mean, once in a blue moon, yes, but there wasn't really uh, physical physical uh, brutality on, on guys on each other on, on a talk show segment very often. So when it does, did happen, uh, it, it meant something. So, yeah, that, that stands out to me uh, probably first. And, and, and there's, if, I, if we sit down and think about it, we could probably think of 10 Brother Love shows that, that had a bigger impact than that did, the further a storyline. But for me, just off the top of my head, that, that comes to my mind first, as is like Piper's, 
Piper's Pit, the Hogan, Andre episode comes to me first, but man, there's so many unbelievably classic Roddy Piper segments, you know, from obviously Jimmy Superfly Snugga breaking the coconut over his head mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, there's just so many there. When, when he had, uh, remember he had Frankie Williams on there. He beat the shit out of Frankie Williams on, yes. on, on Piper's Pit. Uh, there are so many different episodes, but I, I, I would go with the Hogan one. That what, what, would, would you go the same as that? Would that be your favorite all-time Piper's Pit episode? Yeah, I would definitely say that that segment where Andre is turning on Hogan and rips that crucifix. So they, they all did such a good job selling that that I would put that as my favorite moment. I think maybe the most iconic moment from that would be the coconut uh, in Jimmy Snooker. I think a lot of people... Uh, are aware of that and have that on their radar. But I think overall segment would be the Andre Hogan one. Tommy, you're, you've got such a, a good mind for this business, not only as a fan, but also as a promoter. And so when you look at a guy like Piper, clearly he's got the gift of gab. The guy was money on the microphone and he has a personality. So you give him a talk show segment. But then you have guys like Brother Love, who's a great talker, but not an in-ring talent. You have guys like, Paul Bear with the, the, the funeral parlor. And even so far as like Brutus the Bar Beefcake wasn't, you know, the greatest promo guy, but yet it seemed to work. If you were backstage on the production team and you're trying to mix the magic potion of who's going to make a great host or what's going to make a great talk show segment from your promoter mind, Tommy, what are kind of some of the ingredients that you would look for to make, to capture magic like they did with Piper's pit. Well, first of all, thank you very much for your flattering words. Jumping Jay, the checks in the mail on, on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you bring up a good point because some of these components are, are different than next. So obviously Roddy Piper, like you said, is a fantastic talker. One of the greatest to ever talk in the, in the wrestling business. So obviously he would be a great person to have and host his own segment. Whereas someone like Brutus Beefcake, who's not a very good talker, why did they give him a talk show segment? And what was the reasoning behind it? So for that, I would say if I was back then uh, in WWE, or what I think that they were thinking at that time, is that they did build these sets that would be placed on the side of the arena where they would film these different talk show segments. So while Brutus Beefcake really is not a great talker, him being a Barbara is a cool gimmick. And what a even cooler gimmick, having a talk show uh, designed as a barber shop. I mean, <laughs> that's the reason why I think they did it because it was fucking cool as hell having a, uh, a barbershop set up where you can further storylines. So, yeah, I think I think it was a case-by-case basis back then. So, for Piper, obviously, he's an amazing talker. Uh, for Brutus Beefcake, I say they probably did it because it's a cool idea of doing a talk show in, in, in a barbershop. It, 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 everything was gimmicky back then. Same thing with Paul Bearer with the, the funeral parlor. Um, the Snake Pit, I mean, that was cool. Jake the Snake Robert, mm-hmm. again, he's one of the greatest talkers in the history of the business. So uh, it, and him and Piper, was, it was a double, double down, fantastic body slam, slam dunk win on that because not only were they both amazing talkers, but both their, 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 uh, 
their sets were really cool looking as well. Whereas Brother Love, he, you know, I'll tell you what, he was, a, he was he was the greatest talker of all time, like you said, but you get that guy in that white suit and paint that mm-hmm. face and people hate his guts and always says, I love you. And you know, he really doesn't fucking love you. He really is a, a bullshitter. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, man, it was like so cool back then. If, if I was to do it today, uh, which I think was your question, like how, what would be the ingredients? Obviously yes. the first ingredient, the first ingredient would be, you have to be able to talk. So if you can't mm-hmm. talk, you can't host, especially in this, this day and era. Uh, back then, the, the gimmicky stuff got over. I don't know. The wrestling fans are so conditioned differently now than they were back in 1988 that I don't know that they would accept a gimmicky thing. So say it's, uh, you know, I'm just using this off the top of my head. Say the LWO is going to do – you know, a talk show segment called uh, Mexicano Win or something like that. Like, I just I just don't know if it would get over like it did back then. So I think the number one ingredient has to be uh, being able to talk. And also uh, someone that is not only can talk, but someone that is larger than life that can command your attention once they're on your television screen. And in this day and age, there's not many people that can do that. So... Um, yeah, I would say talker, uh, larger than life, charismatic, uh, flamboyant. I would love to see them bring back, like, say Roman Reigns uh, or Paul Heyman did a, a weekly talk show segment, and, and they built a set. Or, you know, someone like, you know, Roman's in the ring every week talking anyway. Why not build them a set and let them have some kind of, Samoan Island or something like that. I'm, just, I'm thinking out loud and not really putting any thought into it, but uh, there's not that many people today uh, that would be able to get it over because today's wrestling fan is programmed so differently than we were, if that makes any sense. No, it does make sense. Um, and as you're talking, we got a, a text from Babyface Brian on the text line here. He's pointing out that at the time that the barbershop took place, Brutus was still recovering from that parasailing accident. So here you have a talent who's unable to perform in the ring. You're paying him. You want to get something out of him. Barbershop, like you said, cool, cool idea. And so that's a great way to keep a talent that's unable to perform in the ring viable on your product by giving him a talk show. And as you were talking about Brutus to Barber Beefcake, Tommy, there's really only three things that I remember from the barbershop, if I'm being honest. Of course, it's the rocker split, which I put as my top moment from any talk show segment. I remember that moment. I remember seeing the clip of Sid Vicious, uh, known as Sid Justice, kind of slamming, destroying the set, hitting a can of whipped cream and having it spray all over his face, uh, which was not planned, but it was kind of comical. And then for some reason, I just remembered the visual of Legion of Doom Animal with the big spike shoulder pad sitting in the barber chair, looking like just yeah, this massive human so. being. Do you remember that? Absolutely. I remember the, the picture vividly. It was in WWF magazine. Yes, where he's kind of, I don't know if he's got his arms crossed, but he's kind of reclining in that barber chair, but he's got his shoulder pads on, and it makes him look larger than life. Because as a kid, you know, you'd see barber shops at, at barber shops and haircutting places, and you'd go, man, that guy was overflowing the chair. Other than those three moments two of them really just being images the 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 shaving cream and the uh animal sitting in the chair 
that's really all I remember being memorable about the barbershop, but might have been the coolest talk show set of all time. Yeah, it was cool, man. Hey, do me a favor, Jay, real quick while I'm talking. If you yeah. can pull up, if you could pull up the WWF roster, let's say 1988, if you can pull it up real quick for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because I want, I know that you like to give me that year one more time. 88. 88. So I, I know you like to get my perspective sometimes of, of, as, a, as a promoter, what would work and what wouldn't work. So I, I, think, I thought it would be fun, and I would like to get your perspective on this as well and give me your number as well. So I want you to read off the WWF roster from 1988. Now, back then, they went with Brutus Beefcake. I'm not sure if it was 88 now, what year the, the segments were, but like back then, like you said, they went with Jake Roberts. They went with Brutus Beefcake. They went with Brother Love. They went with Jesse Ventura. So I, I want to see what they possibly left on the table. Uh, if, if you can name off the, the talent roster from that time frame, I'll give a 1 to 10 on how successful I think their talk show would have been. And if something comes up to my head that I think would be a good idea, like off the top of my head, like I could picture the Nasty Boys doing a talk show segment like in a, in a dive bar, like a set, like a set oh, up yeah, in a dive bar. Sure. You know? So I want to see what, if they left anything on the table. That sounds like a fun idea. That does. All right, so I got the 1988 roster up. And my first thing I'm going to tell you, Tommy, is I got a huge smile on my face. I don't know if you remember, when we visited New Jersey and we went to your store, my wife was picking out wrestling WF magazines from your stack of magazines, all 1988 for me. And, I can, and I'm looking at all the, these guys, and I'm like, this – Talk about the heyday of professional wrestling. I'm going to name these names, and it's, it's unbelievable, okay? Um, this is 1988. They have 81 male wrestlers uh, on the main roster. Really, don't, don't, only, don't, go through all, don't, don't go through all of them. Just, just I won't. I'll pick, out, I'll pick out the guys that I think would have been good, and you tell me what you think. The women on the sure. roster include, like, Miss Elizabeth Sensational Sherry and the Fabulous Moolah. But let's go to the men. You know, the first one would – I'll give you his name, but it wouldn't have worked just because of the the uh, the way he spoke. But Andre the Giant's first on the list. Oh, I mean, he, he, he's he tough to understand. Anyway he but, um, I mean, if if he had his own talk show segment – what it would do, it would command attention. Not, I mean, people would be tuned in back then, especially once he turned heel, or either way, the heel or baby face, like a like you call it like the giant plate, whatever you called it. Mm-hmm. He is a he is a horrible talker. However, he is an attraction and one of the biggest attractions of all time. So therefore, I would give it a ten. It would absolutely work, and people would have tuned into it. All right, what would you do with a guy like the Big Boss Man? You could uh, you listen. He, he, I think he would be another great one. You can you can do a set, uh, set up as as a prison. I mean, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. This this one might have been a missed opportunity back in the day to have his own you don't, you don't segment. Think, you don't think the bossman was a missed opportunity? No, I think the bossman would have been fantastic. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing that at all. I'm I'm hundred percent agree. You could do it in a prison jail cell background i it would have worked it would have been over it would have been big time it would have been big time this next guy though i feel like is the missed opportunity that they didn't have something for him bobby heenan oh god that's the biggest right biggest missed opportunity 
I mean, you could have put him anywhere. They did, they did try to do something. They tried to do a spinoff of primetime wrestling. Remember? That's the true. They did. Yeah. Give him his own show. Uh, but, but, but that's different. That's different than a talk show segment. And man, whoa, that would a that is a gigantically, uh, hugely missed opportunity because if he would have had his own talk show segment, it would, it, it could have been hard though for them as a business. So Jay, they might've been looking at it as, well, he manages five or six guys already. You know, yeah. how is how is he going to be able to uh, do an episode every week and not some way somehow mention his guys or play his guys over? So it could have been a situation like that. But either way, uh, he would have been he's a twenty. He is absolutely. How about these guys who I think view you as like their fourth member? What about Demolition? What kind of talk show could Demolition have put together? You could have done something with them, and uh, I don't know some kind of pain and destruction set built up like a demolition. Yeah. It might've been tough. It might be tougher with two guys hosting it than one. So, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a horrible idea, but I, I give it a five right down the middle. All right. Give me your, uh, your boardroom pitch on a talk show hosted by the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. The honky tonk man. An easy one, man. You could set up, uh, you can set up Graceland set. Uh, you can Ooh. set up a, a concert a concert set background. A, a ten. He 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 would have been perfect. He would have been a perfect hill to to host a, a segment, especially if he had Jimmy with him as his sidekick on the on the talk show, because Jimmy can can talk his ass off. All right, I'm looking at the list. I got I think I got about five more for you that I wanna that I wanna run by you that I think would be uh, fun to hear your ideas for. Uh, the next one. Let's go. What would you pitch an idea for the Macho Man to host his own show? Oof, that's 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 a tough one. Um, has to be very glitterly, not girly, glitterly. I can't I can't talk today. Yeah, it's got to have that glitter, that style. Stars. Um, you know, that's something that I mean. Gosh, you, again. He's one of those larger-than-life characters that captivate an audience. So that's something I would have to sit down with and, and, and plan out and, and brainstorm and be creative on. But, yeah, I'm sure by next week, if you ask me that question next Thursday, I'll have the whole, the whole thing set up for you because he's someone you have to put time and, and energy and effort into All because right. he's someone that can change the direction of, of your success in a heartbeat. All right, I'll give you three more here. Here's one that I, I would really be interested in tuning in for. Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Oh, man. Life, lifestyles. Are the, I, mean, I know there's lifestyles. Are rich, I think it's something similar off that where, you know, he had, you know, imagine every week on his talk show, whoever the guest was, you know, he made Virgil bring him, you know, grapes and feed it to the guest or a drink or something like mm-hmm. that or, or fan, him, fan down the guest, you know, like, there's so many fun things they could have done, and they could have did a lot of those. Um, they could have did a lot of those um, segments where they did in the ring, where like the million dollar man would make someone dribble a basketball ten times and kick it on the tenth, or kiss his feet, or something. They could have did all that stuff on the actual talk show itself. So yeah, man, that's again a no brainer. That's a, a twenty. All right, two more to go, and this one it would have been interesting. 
um, because he's the top guy at the time, Hulk Hogan. What would they have done to give Hogan his own segment? What would that have looked like? Would it have helped get over big opponents for him if, you know, if they attacked him on his own show? I don't know, but what, would, what kind of idea would you, would you put around Hogan? First of all, uh, yes, it, it would have been an amazing uh, way to further storylines by having the heel jump Hulk Hogan on the set of his own talk show. I don't know, American Made, whatever it's Ooh, called. I like There's it. Uh, American Made with a big American flag on the, on the set, and maybe there's, uh, maybe there's a, a weightlifting bench with, a, with a, the – I know the body shop had that, but Hulk Hogan's, uh, you know, obviously say your prayers at your vitamins. Uh, so whatever the set may be, yeah, he would – and I'm going to spin this real quickly. He would, it, would, it would have got the heels over tremendously uh, confronting Hulk Hogan and fighting with him on his talk show segment. More importantly, it would have got over baby faces that came on Hulk Hogan's show because even if it's someone like S.C. Jones coming on the set of Hulk Hogan's talk show and Hulk Hogan you know, is giving him a high five and a hug and, and putting him over, man, that's, that's getting the rub. So it, yeah, Hogan could have... Gave the like just like when Junkyard Dog teamed the Hogan or Brutus teamed the Hogan, like mm. whatever babyface was Hogan was getting the rub. So, I mean, they could have used a Hulk Hogan talk show segment, and also would have kept them out of the ring too, which you know they did a good job doing anyway. People would have to go to the arena and right. buy pay per views to see Hulk Hogan wrestle, but it would have been an amazing opportunity and way to further storylines and also have the undercard babyfaces like. If Tito Santana was on there, Hulk Hogan was sitting over Tito, you know, I was yep. a big fan of his brother, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I was like, wow, Hulk Hogan likes him. I, I, I'm going to like him too, you know, so it, it would have been, yeah, 100. That's a very good point, that rub of just being getting the the backing of a guy like Hogan for an undercard guy. You're right, it would have it would have given him more value in the eyes of the fans. All right, we got one left, left Tommy. I saved this guy for the end, and I, and I don't really want to hear your opinion on it, I want to hear Tommy Sheik's opinion on what a show based around the Iron Sheik would sound like. Let me go see if I can get him one side. <laughs> He's sleeping right now. He worked a night shift, so he might be pissed off when I wake him up. One time, let me try and get him up. All right. Tommy Sheik, uh, Jumping Jay from the podcast is on the phone. He wants to ask you a question. Hey Tommy Sheik, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Hello. Hey, hey, what what would you have thought of WWF giving you your own talk show segment back in the day? Hello. 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 Turn up the hearing aid, Grandpa. What uh, what would you thought if Vince McMahon gave you your own talk show back in the day? First of all, I'd like to say hello to all the wrestling fans all around the world, Baba. The other Aaron Sheik, Roger Sheik, but the Richard Jack. Hey, you bored with the chuck. Fuck is a talk show. It's lucky bird No more question. That's it, man. He's, he's gone. Listen, I love that. I love that the guy who'd be the host of the talk show ends with saying no more questions. Because in that scenario, he'd be the one asking the question. I, I would know. love that. I, I think I that would have really been. I really don't know why bold. he always says that to you. No more questions. I think that he thinks we're a reporter or something. But what a great way to end a talk show segment with the host who's been asking questions. <laughs> no more questions. Well, that's equivalent to, remember a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, 
when uh, unfortunately the, the sheik passed away, and we we had, we dedicated an episode yeah. to the sheik. So the, the Eric Sims gets hit with a beer bottle by the Iron Sheik in a bar, but Eric <laughs> Sims gets kicked out of the bar. So it's, right. it's equivalent exactly. to that. Which exactly. Is fantastic. Oh, it would have been a very entertainment, entertaining talk show if the Iron Sheik had had his own show. Absolutely, man. And uh, it was a really fun topic today, man. A lot of, it was. Lot of, uh, lot of fun and a lot of memories, more importantly. That's what this podcast is for. Like I said at the top of the program, anyone out there that has a wrestling promotion, a business, a podcast, a brand, anything that you guys want us to talk about here on the podcast, extremely inexpensive rates. Uh, we can feature your business or podcast or any other brand that you have. Uh, just give us an email ispwwrestling at gmail.com or you can send us an email uh, I mean a message on any of our social media platforms Jeff and Jay tonight is trivia night at the Wrestling Collector again 7 o'clock p.m. start Route 23 Stockholm New Jersey Dave LaGreca the host of Busted Open will be in the house tonight hosting it it's going to be a lot of fun light refreshments will be served I'm eating some as we speak so hopefully uh, we can send someone out and get some more because uh Man, this filet mignon looks fantastic. Mm. Love it, that's, man. That's, I'm so that's, excited that's, for that's you. The, that's the VIP admission, though. That's $100. There the cheese you and crackers is $20. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Listen, man, I hope you have, I, I, we have, a, I have a weekend off here in New Jersey as far as running oh, good shows for you. on our next big weekend. Yeah, man. We're gonna take, I'm actually taking a few weeks off. Uh, the next uh, string of shows is going to be uh, the last week of August, August the 24th, the Thursday night, we're going to be back at West Milford, New Jersey, at St. Joe's Church Parish Hall. Richard Holiday will defend the ISPW title for the very first time against Crowbar. And then just two nights later, we will be in Wildwood, New Jersey, at the Wildwood Convention Center. First time in 24 years. We're extremely excited. We have a huge card planned including Scotty Tuhati going one-on-one against Fandango. Richard Holiday defends the ISPW heavyweight title against Brian Myers. We're going to have an extre- a Wildwood Extreme Rules match up in Jay with Danny Morrison making his return to the ring against Crowbar. Tons of former TV stars will be there, including the Sandman, Brian Kendrick, Maven, Bull James, Crowbar, like I said, uh, Danny Morrison, just a list of, on our, we have a steel cage match for the ISPW Tri-State title when Ray Kalitri defends against GKM, women's action, and more. Tickets are available now for the Brawl on the Boardwalk via Ticketmaster, and tickets are available now for ISPW's return to West Milford on Thursday, August 24th on ISPWWrestling.com. September, we have a big month as well, Jump and Jay, highlighted by 90s wrestling con on mm. saturday september the 30th at the rockaway mall in rockaway new jersey headlines by kevin nash team 3d sergeant slaughter and so many more tickets are and we're still adding more guests tickets are available Man. now for 90s wrestling con on 90s wrestling con.com so yeah man as always going crazy trying to make it happen and uh hopefully everyone Enjoy today's podcast. Tommy, you got so much going on, man, and it's all huge. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm blown away, man. You have got one heck of a lineup coming down the pike for fans of professional wrestling. Thank you. I, 
I don't know. I think people say they understand, but I don't know if they really know the amount of hard work that it takes behind the scenes to pull stuff like this off, Tommy. And so thank you for working tirelessly to keep that passion of pro wrestling alive uh, for fans of the 80s, the 90s, and beyond. Thank you, man. Again, I, I will definitely text you tonight uh, some video from the trivia contest and also maybe a little uh, video of the Stromboli sisters saying hello to you tonight, Jeff and Jay. I'll send that over to you as well. Oh, that would make my day, Tommy. Oh, it'll, ha- it'll happen. I guarantee it. Well, listen, guys, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, if you're in the New Jersey area, come by the Wrestling Collector today for Trivia Night, and we will check you back here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.